Welcome to Transform Now, the podcast brought to you by robotic process automation pioneer, SSNC Blue Prism. Digital transformation has the potential to reshape the way companies service their customers, engage their employees, and manage their operations. Whether you're looking to develop strategies, tactics, or best practices to positively impact the future of work, or you're curious to see how other companies have successfully navigated their digital transformation programs, then this podcast is for you. We're here to help you transform now. Hello, everyone. I'm Brad Hairston with SSNC Blue Prism. Welcome to the Transform Now podcast. Today, it's my pleasure to have as my guest, Kari Lettinen, the head of business development and legal at Digital Workforce, a consulting firm based in Finland and a Blue Prism delivery partner. Kari and I will be discussing his thoughts on the intelligent automation market and how his company has built a successful services model to meet their customers' needs. Welcome, Kari. Why don't you tell everyone about yourself before we get started? Yeah, thanks, Brad. Thanks for the invitation to join you on the, on the podcast. I'm Kari. I've been in, in the ICT industry, if you will, for the last 25 years, ever since getting out of uni. I am a lawyer by profession, as my title would suggest, but uh, been working my way out of that legal mess for the last 10 years or so, moving on the business side of things, first in software, and then move on with IT services for the last, I would say, five years or so. I've joined this company three years ago, in 2019, just before the pandemic. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild ride. Excellent. You left out the most important thing, that you support the Dallas Stars hockey yeah. team. <laughs> Because of all of our Finnish players on our team, but that's okay. I did notice you have both a master's in law and an MBA in business strategy. That's quite the combination. Did you envision yourself going down the legal front as an attorney 100% initially, and then things kind of evolve from there? Or tell us yeah, about that. Yeah, that, that is kind of what happened. So coming fresh out of law school back in, back in 1995, so that's how old I am, it, you kind of figure that you're going down this certain career and whatnot. And, and then things usually don't quite end up that way. So I ended up in business and then I got more and more into sales and, and acquisitions and all that kind of stuff. And then finally at 2006, well, like I got to see how, you know, how things work really. Mm-hmm. A lot of things did the MBA in a couple of years and then really moved relatively quickly after that to actually business responsible roles for direct sales and, and mm-hmm. business units and all kinds of stuff. Really haven't looked back since. Once you uh, get into sales, it's very addictive in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Kari, why don't you tell us more about Digital Workforce, uh, when the company came into existence and, and how you partnered with Blue Prism in the early days of RPA? Yeah, so we, we just had our seven-year anniversary in August this year. So we, mm-hmm. the company was founded in 2015. And the uh, basic idea by the time we, we started setting up the company was that we want to do RPA. We want to do RPA more specifically as a service. And we want to do RPA specifically in healthcare. So we saw that there's a big demand for these type of services in the healthcare sector. In our neck of the woods, for various reasons, demographics, shortage of skilled labor, all that kind of stuff. And we saw, well, this, this is a mm-hmm. great, great way to improve 
the lives of the nurses and the doctors and, and the patients for that matter. So, so that's where we started. And then obviously that was like the perfect timing. It was initially we did a little bit of a technology assessment, selected Blue Prism, which was by far miles ahead of everybody else at that time in, in this space. And I started going from there. And then it was just like, as we say in Finland, it's like a snowball effect. You know, you start rolling and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. In the beginning of December last year, we actually went public. So I think we're one of the very few RPA service mm. products that have actually focused yeah. change. Wow. That's interesting. I did not know that. Well, the world obviously looks a lot different than it did when digital workforce began seven years ago. I mean, there are significantly more companies in this space. There's technology companies, SI companies, industry analysts now that that focus on intelligent automation quite a bit. How would you describe the current era of automation from your vantage point? Yeah, it is, it is very interesting time in this industry, in my opinion, because Kind of like the last five years, we've gone down to RPA really becoming a mainstream and big market and, and a lot of lot of companies entering into, into the space. And I think we're kind of at the verge of the next step. You guys see SSNC know this more as, as well as we do. So so we're basically we're moving as a company, we think we are moving to the direction where RPA used to be a lot of like task automation and you're making your individual like small functions more efficient those small tasks more efficient within the company but now we're starting to look at the, the, the customers looking at like end-to-end -end process automation so it, it's really looking looking out for their core processes and not just automating i'll give you an example if, if you're in manufacturing company one of their core processes might be order intake and, and how do you kind of get, to get the production going We've automated various parts like data entry and order intake. We've, you know, certain like price checks and stuff like that, but they're like tiny snippets of the entire end-to-end -end process. And we believe firmly that the next step is actually going one level higher or maybe a couple of levels higher and start looking at start to finish. How do you automate the whole process or orchestrate the whole process? including the people involved as well. So it's not about RPA so much anymore. It's going to be more about end-to-end -end prose automation, I suppose. Hmm. Okay. Kari, clearly there are hundreds and hundreds of companies in the market that do intelligent automation work. How does digital workforce stay competitive, especially with the large players out there, the big four, the mid-tier firms, and others? That's a great question. We, we've always been quite successful. Obviously, first of all, pick your battles. Don't go after the Fortune 100 companies because they're not going to buy from somebody, you know, like we consider ourselves mid-sized service provider. They, they will mm -hmm. go to the Accentures of the world and that's fine. You know, that's perfectly okay with them. So stay in the right vertical or, or, and in the right size customers. So mm -hmm. play on the field where you're, you're the strongest. We are very much focused on managed services. So we have been a managed service company from day one as well in terms of actually looking after our end customers' automations and, and processes in production. And that mm -hmm. kind of set us apart from a lot of the competition. So we don't just come in and develop something and then 
leave the next day. So we want to be there for the long haul. And, and that's been the key to our success as well. We have very much long-term customer relationships and we serve those guys on SLA basis with our services and things like that. So that's definitely been the key mm -hmm. to our success. What percentage would you say of your customers are you providing managed services for? If you look at the number of customers, it's probably up there in the eighties, 80% 80 or something ah, like that. Okay. It, yeah. So it is a very dominant part of our customer base. We do have customers where we only do development work, but mm -hmm. they are a minority and it is hmm. kind of shrinking. Do you see that in general as a, a, a big trend? in the market around automation? Are, are companies more and more wanting third parties to, to manage that space, not just host it, the infrastructure piece, but actually manage it, provide the, the enhancement services, building out new automations when needed? Is that a, a trend you see? It's a couple of major trends I've recognized. One is you know, managed services, which in many parts of the world is driven by the lack of skilled labor, you know, it's, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, short of RPA experts, right? So right. You have a team of your COE or team of RPA experts and they, somebody poaches them from you. They're, mm -hmm. they're, they're hired away. They're hard to replace. So there becomes a point where companies yeah. go like, wow, it's too hard. I just want to buy this service. And that's mm -hmm. very often when they come to us, there is also a trend, which we see in terms of the large companies are now trying to insource a lot of their COE or RPA activities as well. So it goes mm -hmm. both ways. Right. Uh, I think the mid-size market or, mid, you know, SME market or mid-size companies or small to large, they're more looking to outsource things. And then the really big boys or big companies are looking to insource a lot of this thing and maybe mm -hmm move it out to, I don't know, India, Philippines, or some of the low cost, low cost area. Mm -hmm. Okay. As RPA has evolved into intelligent automation, has your company had to develop partnerships with AI companies in order to do more complex process automation? Yeah, we, we have our own AI team. So uh, it, okay. a team that, that did, do develop certain solutions and, and they're quite usually very bespoke kind of customer specific, not very, not very productized solutions necessarily, except mm -hmm. maybe the IDP space where everybody seems to have their own you know, bells and whistles they like to use. So we have to partner with AI companies. And I don't really mean that AI technology companies could provide the, the algorithms themselves or whatnot, but we need to partner with uh, companies that have data scientists and people with those type of skill sets. And it could be, I don't know, intelligent voice recognition that that's a different expertise to IDP, for example, intelligent document process. So there's, there's all sorts of different, I mean, it, AI is a very, very broad term, right? Right. You extremely complicated things. And then you have something that's more simple and usually the same knowledge is not with the same person. So yeah, we do, we do partner with Quite a, quite a lot of different AI companies, very much mm -hmm. also local AI companies that just have super skillful people. It's one of those, one of those occasions when you walk into a meeting room and you feel like you're the dumbest person on the room because everyone else <laughs> PhD. That happens so, a lot with me. I don't need. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let me hone in on the Nordic region where your company exists, where you started. I mean, you're global in scope now, but how does 
how does automation where you are compare to other regions of the world? I'd say in a high level, a general level, the markets are the same. There's no okay. real huge difference that they, they are very similar. What I find is, is a little bit different is that, and this is based on my own, own gut feeling, I, I believe, or I feel like the productivity is slightly higher in the Nordics than, than Central Europe and the US. So mm-hmm. it might be a little bit less room for cost savings in RPA. But and that may be due to the application landscape and everything like that. Companies mm-hmm. have been slightly more advanced and may not have as many legacy systems, which are usually very good prospects for, for RPA or whatnot. So there's a, there's a small difference. Nordic seem to be that the productivity per person might be slightly higher mm-hmm. compared to the regular you know, office worker in the other areas. But when I compare Central Europe and US and North America, I can't see any difference on it's very, very similar markets. Uh, market sizes are different. Company sizes mm-hmm. are different. European markets tend to be more SME driven. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the U.S. has much more you know, large enterprise. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a market difference, but the process wise, we're looking at the similar, very similar stuff. Gotcha. And you guys started initially focused on EMEA, but now you've expanded into the US, is that your, your kind of your top growth market that you're focused on? Or do you, are you looking at expansion elsewhere across the globe? Yeah, it's definitely a focus market now. So initially when I joined the company in 2019, one of my first things was to set up digital workforce in the US and we did, and then the pandemic hit and, and that kind of threw a spanner in the works. But right. since, since the late 2021, early 2022, we, we started the growth again in, in terms of headcount and whatnot. I believe we're at some, so there used to be like only two people on ground for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we're up to about 12 or something like that. We're, we're adding, adding new persons every month. It seems to be a very rapidly growing market for us. There's a you know, demand kind of exceeds the supply in RPA in the U.S. quite a bit. Right. It, it seems to be, especially on, on just, you know, professional services side, there's a, there's a lot of demand there and good for us. That's, we like that, obviously mm-hmm. we're more than happy to service the market. Yeah. Outside of that, we're quite entrenched in Northern Europe, Western Europe and, and Northern America. Where I, I'd go next is, is probably, probably sort of the Anglo-Saxon world, maybe Australia, New Zealand. I, I have a... Mm-hmm spot. I'd lived down there back in the day. So I kind of feel that's a great market. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, it, it might be. Yeah. It might be we ended up in Ireland in July this year by acquiring a company over there. So. Okay. Excellent. With regard to the U.S., are there particular industries that you're seeing more demand than others? I think, I think there's a huge opportunity or potential, obviously in healthcare, but everybody knows that. We've been quite successful. I mean, you have the usual suspects, finance, insurance, those sectors. We're strong in utilities. So for us, that's a good sector. And and then manufacturing. I think manufacturing is interesting because it's also coming back to the U.S. So Mm -hmm. all the turmoil happening in the world and whatnot and the different political stuff happening between countries and, and also just the COVID, uh, 
effect on, on supply chains and everything. It's interesting right. to see because I believe that the U.S. manufacturing is going to grow, need to be efficient. So I think that's a good segment for RPA as well to, to help them out and process automation altogether. Mm. Okay. Hari, while most companies around the world are now doing automation in some form or fashion, the majority of them have not scaled it across their organization and realized the full value of this capability. Why do you think that is the case? Yeah, that I think that's that's a billion dollar question. That's what what the industry is trying to figure out. To me, I I think one of the key issues around this it, it's not as easy as everybody likes to think. I'm not a technical guy, right? Probably I'm usually the least technical person on every call that we were attending. This this one included, by the way. And, and, uh, <laughs> and if I had to create an automation using any of the RPA tools, I don't think I'd manage that. Even if my life depended on it. <laughs> so that that's the thing. We, we we think it's low code or no code and easy to implement. It's not that easy. Like we, as sales guys, we like to tell people it's easy and whatnot. And then... Our experience is you need quite a bit of handholding in the beginning. Once you get the hang of it, you'll get there and it starts to start to scale and whatnot. One other thing which we know for a fact, and this, a lot of our business is based on this, is RPA is high maintenance. So it's not like putting in a software application that then kind of just takes away like your sales force. It's You never need to maintain it in a production mm. level, right? So that's the challenge. That's the challenge. Mm -hmm. like, the fact that you're doing managed services for a lot of your customers, does that, does that give you the ability to be more proactive in helping your clients scale and add additional automations, maybe more so than the typical engagement where you just help them implement and then, and then pull out? Yeah, absolutely. So basically when we take over the support and maintenance of their automations, so not, not the robots, I mean, sometimes the robots themselves, but really the, the processes that they're running on those robots. And, mm -hmm. We do a handover from the customer over to us. That obviously frees a lot of time with their own internal in-house teams to start looking for the next area to automate more and whatnot. So you kind of reduce the risk as well, because as mentioned, RPA developers in certain countries, US, UK, these places, they're in high demand. So if somebody doesn't like your face in the morning, you could, they could find a job in the afternoon in a different company. And that's, that's how easy it is. So then if you're relying on the support side on your in-house team, unless you have a very sizable team, you're running a risk of losing your key resources. And then being stuck, we've had interesting discussions with customers who automate something that's super business critical, top line mm -hmm. of automations, and then the team has gone, they've left. And they yeah. kind of us almost teary eyed, you know, like, can you guys help us? We're like, well, we can have a look at it. <laughs> so, <laughs> no promises. Right. So that, yeah. It is what it is. Your company has been a big proponent of our robotic operating model or the ROM. What role does it play in the work that you do for your clients? Huge role, obviously, because we, we kind of built the whole company with that in mind. So it is the foundation of our sort of operations, if you will. So, so when we started in 2015, in, in addition to the technology itself, you know, Blueprint technology itself, and that was one of the, one of the key elements that we, we understood that uh, 
at that time, especially, and still, I think Blue Prism SSNC will head of the head of the other other companies there. It wasn't really just about the technology. It's almost like hiding the technology component and looking after the whole, like what do you need to be successful in this transformation journey? And we've had obviously a lot of joint effort and the Blue Prism guys, Craig Nicholson and those guys came over and trained our people back in the day. And, 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 mm-hmm. and we've kind of copied and maybe modified it a bit because it is a bit heavy, you know, in, in terms of like, especially in the SME market, you might be looking at slightly lighter version of, of, of the ROM model. It is designed for big, big organizations, but we definitely consider that every organization who's embarking on this journey should look into all those elements and take them into consideration and uh, have answers to those tough mm-hmm. questions. Yeah, yeah, great. So Kari, as we wrap up today, why don't you tell us what's next for digital workforce? I believe there's a couple of things which I'm looking looking forward to. Is the, the first one is obviously the intent process automation because that's going to elevate this automation or process automation into a completely different level. And, and I think the time is right for that in terms of We've had business management, no business process management tools or whatnot, but now we're in, in a very interesting space. There's a lot of legacy systems out there with the customers and they're not getting rid of those. So you need an yeah. automation level on top of those systems and also bring, bring the people into the mix. So I think we're going to see more and more uptake on, on the end-to-end process automation and, and we want to definitely be in that game. And then... As a company, we're present in nine countries. I want to add at least one country per year from now on. So, so maybe we have a dozen in, in three years time, we have a dozen locations and whatnot, because that, that's also a strong message from our side. We we're investing into our growth all the time. We think the market's going to keep expanding. It will expand in terms of potential prospects or you know, target companies, small and medium sized market is just ballooning in many, many countries. And there's, there's many different ways we can be even more help to our customers in, in the future. Got it. Well, when you're ready to open your Dallas office, you can include Dallas Stars tickets for anyone that wants to go to Dallas. And I'm sure that they'll, they'll just flock down here. So yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> although, although it's a little warm, I don't think, I don't think anyone from your neck of the woods could probably uh, make it down here. Well, Kari, I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for joining today. It's been a pleasure talking with you and, and hearing a lot more about digital workforce than I knew. It's It's been educational for me, but uh, you guys have a great company and Blue Prism is uh, proud to have you as a, as a key partner, a longstanding partner for sure. So thanks and I wish you the best. Thanks, Brad. Always a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to Transform Now. For more insightful discussions on digital transformation and more, check out our podcast channel where you'll find all of our previous episodes. And to make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. And if you like what you've heard, please leave us a review. For more information about digital transformation and the future of work, check out blueprism.com to learn how SSNC Blue Prism's digital workforce is enabling enterprise transformation now.